0: course of the year. And uh, I am filling in for him. My name is Craig Fitzgerald. I am the editor at bestride.com. Uh, you can check out the website if you're interested in uh, reading some of the content that we put together. And you can call in here with your car questions. I'm less of, I'm not really a car doctor. I'm more of a car uh, minute clinic, maybe. I can help out with a few car questions. But the phone number here is 617-770-3030. And you can check us out on the website at WROLradio.com. You can stream the show. And John Paul's got a podcast that you can download later on if you want to hear this again. So, uh, And I am not here alone. Uh, I'm here with the producer, Dennis, who's doing a fantastic job so far, keeping me out of trouble.
1: Hey, thank you very much. Um, to our regular listeners, yes, that was not the typical beginning because something happened to the beginning so i had to play the end music so we'll hear that music again at the end of the show well let's just wrap the show up absolutely we're done already (laughs) see you later bye have a nice day
0: and my my guest here who uh has been a long time friend of mine uh yeah exactly is tony cerulli who you know I, i met tony probably 15 something years ago When I was the editor at uh, Hemmings Muscle Machines, uh, which is a muscle car magazine that the Hemmings Motor News people put out, you came to the very first event that we put together, Uh, and Tony is, I thought Tony was just some regular muscle car guy, but as it turns out, he is the chief engineering officer at uh, Boston Duck Tours, so welcome, Tony, thanks for Thanks for having, thanks for coming, and uh, it's great it's great to have you here. No place else I'd rather be than a uh, Christian Irish music radio station on uh, Saturday
2: mornings. Quincy. Uh, so, yeah, talk into that thing one, one more time, Tony. Hello, well, hello. Okay. there he is. Okay.
3: He's present now. I can hear, I
2: can hear your voice. I can't hear anything now.
3: <laughs>
0: You're good, man. You no, sound great. So, so Tony is the uh, the chief engineering officer at Boston Duck Tours, and uh, just celebrated his what twenty fourth.
2: In- I will be here twenty four years in February. The company has been in existence twenty four years as of October.
0: So, you you must have done something before you ended up on their front doorstep. So let's go back to the beginning. <laughs> Give me some background as to how you you end up being the head mechanic <laughs> at a uh, at a place like that.
2: It's a very uninteresting story. I uh, I answered an ad in the Boston Globe for a mechanic. I didn't know what a duck was. <laughs> I, I honestly thought it was the um, Swan Boats. <laughs> I saw the ad and said, wow, Swan Boats, how hard can it be? Grease a chain, whatever. And uh, I called this guy, Phil Young, who is my partner now, and he answered the phone and I said, hey, what is a duck anyway? And he said, oh, it's a 32 passenger amphibious bus. And I hung up and I said... Oh, my God, those World War II things. Ugh. Yeah. And I still took the interview, and uh, I got the job. It was stiff competition. It was me and one other guy <laughs> uh, who uh, didn't have quite the personality I have. So that was it.
0: What did you do before?
2: I worked at Nissan Baking in Medford on their fleet of... Uh, so you're six a six
0: fleet things. management guy. You've been doing that for a long Since time. Since 1986. Yeah. Yep. I used
2: to work for electrical contractor and Bill Rickett before that. They had a fleet of trucks and vans I worked on.
0: Yep. <clears> so... You know, the, the I think the the misconception is that those are these are sort of restored World War II vehicles at this
2: point, right? And I think they started out that way. They were the original fleet of ducks was World War II. Uh, they were modernized with a, a six cylinder two ninety two Chevy engine with an automatic transmission, turbo four hundred. Yep. Uh, down the line, we put fuel injection on them and disc brakes, but. Originally, they were World War II hulls, and a lot of the running gear was World War II.
0: Right, and now they're custom-made for you, right?
2: Yeah, now they are a, a reproduction, we call them. It's a brand-new hull that's got some similarities to the original. To so the layman, they look at a World War II duck and our duck and say, oh, they're the same thing. You know, you would look at it and say hardly the same thing. It's like saying a 72 F-150 is the same as a 2019 F-150. Right. I mean, it's a truck, sure, but silhouette. But uh, the frame is a—it's an older military chassis that's— taken down to you know metal stripped sandblasted they extended a little bit in the front to accommodate the engine and they made it all together with newer running gear and stuff like that
3: so
0: that, that i mean that's a huge uh thumbs up for the 292 inline <laughs> six-cylinder chevy uh that it could push that truck uh and do all the things that it needed to do right
2: yeah they're a good little workhorse i mean they were a little underpowered up the yeah. hill with a full load of people they would struggle a little um but they served us well. I mean, the original founder of the company, um, he really believed the American cars were overpowered. He wasn't a performance enthusiast. Yeah. He thought the six cylinder would be adequate. I mean and in ducks too, you have cooling issues, so you want a smaller engine that's easier to cool. Right. So he didn't want to put a V8 in it. That was people had done it and they sometimes have cooling issues. So right. he played it safe.
0: What are they running now?
2: Now they're a seven point three Ford uh, international 444 diesel.
0: Okay. All right. So the switch to diesel was uh, economical, I guess, and then power-wise you wanted to be able to...
2: Uh, it was power, it was economy, and also the flammability in boats. You know, gas is very volatile. Right. Diesel is much more forgiving. So we with right. diesel, it was just a safer thing. Uh, amazingly, the, the new duck, we call them truck ducks because it's a, a later truck chassis. The truck duck gets the same mileage as the six-cylinder World War II duck. No kidding. <laughs> so 22 gallons a day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, so, it, you know, obviously these are these are amphibious vehicles that you know they'll drive around the city of Boston with a full load of people in them, and then dive into the Charles River at uh, at the Science Museum, right? Yep. And Dennis was mentioning earlier, you still allow people to take take control of that thing as it as it <laughs> drives down the as it drives down the ramp right
2: we do yeah well you have to get in the river and go down the river quite a bit go through the lock once you get behind the museum of science uh, under the bridge yeah after that it's yeah we allow children or adults to, to steer i mean basically yep. the throttle is set to a certain rpm the captain sits in the seat next to the, pa- the driver's seat and the passenger holds the wheel right the captain holds the wheel too so right it's, it's you know yeah kids love it I bet they do. It. I mean, I believe before I started here, I started in uh, February 95, and we opened in October 94. I believe one of the first people to drive a duck was a, a blind gentleman. No kidding. He had never controlled anything. So for him, it was exhilarating. You know, it was before Oh, my time. yeah. That, that's what I believe. The founder, Andy Wilson, he told me a lot of stories about Yeah, that. right. He used to like to spin yarns, and uh, he was very entertaining. But I believe it was a blind guy drove it once. <laughs>
0: how does the... Um how does the propulsion work in the water? It's got a set of props,
2: is that right? It's got one large propeller at the back. It's a four-blade uh, yep. prop. It's a champion propeller for you marine guys out there. Uh, it has a, a huge transfer case with a PTO on top, a small little PTO, and that drives the prop. It goes through a box that doubles the speed. Yep. It so
0: it's you just pull a PTO lever and... Yeah, it's and, the cable. Yep. yep. It's pretty yep. simple yeah it's amazing you know you see these things all over the place with people in them and and i mean people love it they just it it's it's become really uh, identified with the city of boston and you know you see these things all over the place you're out on newbury street and you see these (laughs) trucks running around with folks in them and they're just having a blast when they're here and and the cool thing and and you know if if folks have questions about this. More than happy to have you call in. We're at uh, 617-770-3030. Um, if and if you've got questions for Tony too, I'd, I I I'd, I'd love to have you, you answer a few of these things. But the the one of the coolest things um, is the fact that you mobilized these things for the 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 victory parades. Uh, you know, just a few weeks ago for or last week I guess, right? For the uh, for the Red Sox. And, um, the Red Sox were, I guess the first parade that you did years ago. Patriots, Patriots, Patriots. okay. Yeah. So give me a little background on how you guys managed to insinuate yourself in the <laughs>
2: <laughs> in a sports victory parade. Um there's no offense,
0: tony. you 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 do not seem like the most ambitious guy on the planet <laughs> that that would go out there and oh, really God. get yourself going with the, with the Patriots?
2: Well, I get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, be <laughs> would 8 o'clock on a rainy Saturday that, you know, to be with you, so <laughs> give me some credit. Um, I have two partners. My fourth partner, Carolyn, retired a bunch of years ago, so we have differing memories of how it occurred, but what I remember was, the mayor wanted to have a, uh, a parade of some sort, a gathering in the city, and early on they said there was going to be a ton of people because the demand has been pent up. You know, the fans here are rabid. And they were trying to think of a way to disperse them, so Mayor Nino or someone said a rolling rally, rolling vehicles, disperse them over the city, that way there's not two million people in one spot. And uh, they asked the tourism companies in the city because they wanted a, a big vehicle to house a lot of people, they wanted visibility. They said who can we talk to talk to the trolleys talk to the duck guys talk to everybody and see what they want to do it and we said we're not gonna bid on this we'll do it for free Are you kidding This you can't buy this kind of publicity right and evidently it was either the low bid or that they trusted us they gave it to us and ever since then they've keep giving it back to us because we you know, we do what they want we right. we uh, we put a, a, a premium on security yep get the ducks ready on time don't embarrass anybody we write the rules they said because this is a big security risk for them mean, absolutely a high-profile you know, high you know billion-dollar teams and you know? also yep. uh, we've been very fortunate they gave it to us the first time and they continue to do so so now everybody always says you know what do you do when you get that phone call well it's not so much a phone call like the you know the bat cave there isn't a red phone that we answer. oh yeah you guys playoff. must be started up and you know when you're in the playoffs right I mean we yeah we talk about it in house before way before the parade would have happened and yeah. then about a week before the parade what happened, someone in the city will call. Last week last time it was my partner Phil we got a call from a woman in the city who handles these events. She said, You gotta have them ducks ready if we have a parade and he's like, Of course, of course. Yep. You call us, you know, we'll do it. It's and then yep. you know, Tom Warner is a good friend of my partner, Cindy Brown. He calls her or texts her and says, Hey, you gonna be ready for a parade? And you know yep. that's kinda how it happens. It's there's no red phone that says, you know, mayor or you know, <laughs> <a> parade. <It's laughs> no, cool. come on, you know, please. Yeah. You gotta get that phone installed. You yeah. need
0: a duck phone. <laughs> with a with a direct line to the mayor's office only one way you can't be calling him but man when that thing goes off you got to get those trucks rolling we do so um you mentioned security oh one thing i wanted to ask was is there uh any kind of modifications or anything that you need to do to keep those you you know like I, i know you have a roof on them but that's a that's just a
2: canvas thing right that comes off yeah, we have twenty-eight ducks, and I believe it's twenty-one of them have a retractable section of the roof at the back. Okay, and we pull that forward. So, the, and we build a wooden platform. So the players oh, yeah, stand yeah. stand on, it elevates them over the roof, you know, and they uh, they can wait for their adoring fans. Yeah, I believe we only have fourteen platforms, so they have to budget where they want the players. You Got know, it. With the high-profile guys. Yeah. Know um who
0: else are you driving around like you know the
2: catering guys and you oh, know everybody everybody that everybody. can yes. possibly get in that thing right you know what can we say we're not going to say we'll give you 10 ducks 20 ducks i mean yeah we'll we only have 28 i mean usually at this time of year we have one of them apart we have to do overhauls in the winter right so we have to start early there's 28 ducks that run through there that's a right. lot of work so you know we can only give you so many and we do the best we can but um yeah they they allocate who goes on what duck the order of the
3: ducks and, yep
2: you know the colors whatever it's it's all S- their call
0: so that one of my my favorite facebook posts of yours uh was the day that you were gonna do the patriots uh the <laughs> la- i guess it was the last patriots uh victory parade, and it snowed like two feet that day yep it was insane, and you guys you had a whole crew down there that had to shovel out all of those are they they are they inside or yeah. Are they yeah they are yeah. so but you know so obviously you got a huge building, but that parking lot had to be. <laughs> Two feet under easily. It yeah. was about four feet of snow at the
2: door. It was awful. And then the next day it snowed again. We had to do it. Yeah, again. it was just terrible. Yeah, right. The Patriots parade for me personally is my least favorite because of the weather. It's right. cold. It's snowy. You never know what's going to happen with the weather. You know, we're closed, and as I say, we overhaul the ducks in the winter, so they're all torn apart. You know, axles apart, materials right. out. To throw them all back together again, and the Patriot Parade, we have so little time from the. You know, the Super Bowl victory yeah. to the parade that we start a week early. Right. So this is a week of lost time if they, God forbid, they lose. Right. Take them all apart again. But we have to be ready. Whereas the Red yep. Sox, we usually have a couple of days for the Celtics, the Bruins.
0: Right. And you're running when the when yes. the Red Sox are. So when do you when when is your off season? You. S- Usually quitting
2: Thanksgiving weekend. Thanksgiving, yeah, 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 we're done. Some some years, if we have the staff and the weather looks good, we'll stay open for weekends in December. Yeah, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But as soon as it snows, we're done. Yeah, the ducks don't do well in the ramp. You know, the river freezes at right. the uh, at the ramp. Right. So,
0: yeah, it's um, it, it, you know it's a it, so one of the th- the things that you mentioned too was security. Um, and I know you know you probably can't talk a whole lot about that, but <laughs> I was in I was in um Sacramento last week and uh i was in a hotel that that the that, that's basically hooked on to the the um auditorium there with a sac was the sacramento basketball team sacramento kings kings thank you that's what i was gonna say i was just testing it Dennis.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so the sacramento you can see i'm a huge basketball fan so the kings play in this in this auditorium and that i mean that they got a good crowd there, but it wasn't like it was packed or anything. And they had security walking around on the roof of that hotel. Wow. And, you know, it's just a, you know, obviously, you know, with, with all the things kind of going on today, an event like that, even when it's a rolling
2: rally, you the security concerns have to be incredible. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, for us, it's more of the safety of the people on the duck sure anything outside is I mean the police force is they're heavily tasked that day they're right you know hats off to them they keep everyone safe and you know you see this last break people throwing beers at the players and stuff that's out of our control but you know internally you know keeping the duck orderly keeping the players safe keeping everyone in their seats uh, yeah trying to just control the chaos I mean um you know, security of the Ducks themselves is sometimes the Ducks aren't at our garage. They want us to take them to, say, Fenway. Or right. One year Friends. it was the uh, bottom of the Heinz, you know, the yep. stage there. So it's, it's a little out of our control, but uh, no. we do the best we can. Oops. I mean, you know, one thing, too, is people always say, oh, these parades must be awesome for you. You, you talk to the players. You hang out. It's like, I'm not having no. dinner with Tom Brady. You I mean, don't have time for that, I haven't right? met the guy. I mean, yeah. they don't, we don't fraternize with them. They told us early on, you know, you're the rolling platform. You're the driver. Eyes forward. Drive the route. Right. Don't talk to the player. Don't solicit autographs. Don't yep. ask for, you know, crap. I mean, we don't do that. We you know That's another reason why I think they like that we do it, because we respect that. You oh, know? you're we, like
0: you're a chauffeur at that point,
2: right? I mean... Well, that... yeah, it's their day, not yeah. ours. Yep. I mean, sure, we're on the duck. You see www.BostonDuckTours.com every time they show a play on the roof, which is awesome. But it was very well product placement. But right. it's not our day. It's their day. So it's, it's not for us to solicit, you know, basketballs or footballs or yeah. sign my kid's jersey. It's... You know, we've told our people, if you want to politely ask a player to sign one thing or two things, if they say, sure, great, good for you. If they look like they don't want to do it, back right off. Right. Because it's it's not your day. It's their day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: mean, that's, that's, you know, how you end up getting asked back to do these things all the time. You know, not only does it work for, for the city and it works for the people who are involved in this thing, but you know, you're a professional organization as,
2: as shocking as that may appear, (laughs) Tony. (laughs) Well, uh, that's why I'm in the garage. No one sees me. Yeah. No, I, we have some very polished people I work with. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, (laughs) now
0: that you mention it, uh, I did notice that in addition, uh, you're going to update your LinkedIn profile to indicate that you are now a male model. <laughs> so, Tony's, if you get the Land's End catalog, you can see Tony. You flip open, and you can see Tony wearing a beautiful twill shirt from the Land's End collection. Uh, tell me about that whole experience. <laughs> that How did that was, happen?
2: Uh, Luke Dealy, Luke is in charge of our, we call him GSRs, the guest service representatives. Luke is in charge of that. And some of the merchandising. And Lanzen contacted Luke about doing a photo shoot and a video with us. And they looked through some of our employee pictures and profiles. They picked out people they thought had interesting looks. Yeah. So Luke said, hey, believe it or not, they want a couple of your mechanics and they want you. And I said, shut up, boy. No, seriously, (laughs) they want you. I said, why? They have like a a new line of short, fat and grouchy clothes they want to put (laughs) up? So for some reason, they wanted me. I mean, that picture was great. I looked at it last night and I said, wow.
0: I look pretty good. That's like, oh, that's the, like the best picture I have ever.
2: It. I'm sure they airbrushed all the bags up under my eyes. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is a good looking picture. You
0: actually look like you're doing something, which is, uh, oh, which is unusual. <laughs> it's amazing.
2: That was like 17 or 18 times I had to walk through the shop, grab that. That's a door hinge for the yeah. side door of a duck and hold it and. Look very serious about it, right? Like, oh wow, I'm reinventing the wheel here. After <laughs> yeah, the 10 time, <laughs> I was great. giggling, like, take it again, try yeah. it again. Like, sorry, this is just silly. Come on, will you just take one shot? And we're done, you know, right? Not a model, I mean, right now, nah, they made me look good. No, Thank it you. looked great. Thank it you, Land's End. I got to keep the shirt. Thank you very much. That's good. Beautiful shirt. I was going to wear it today. I figured you'd say, dude. No one's gonna see you anyway. Yeah, that's right. That's but right. So you my, did. Uh, I, this is a new shirt. I do have my Duck Doctor T-shirt because so you said you're know, a car doctor.
0: Oh, look at that! That, that is fantastic. Cool. That's great. Do live shots, like a shotgun. It looks. It looks really good with your sweatpants, <laughs> and sweatpants. Oh, <laughs> <up>. <laughs> so so you're also a car guy, which is how we. I, I mentioned that how we got together, and uh, tell me. Uh, if I remember correctly, you've got a Pontiac Sunbird convertible turbo. I do. Do You still have that?
2: I do. Um, that was that was pretty funny. I uh, I had a '67 four four two convertible. I restored. It was a four hundred. I put tri power on it. Oh, actually, right. for all you Oldsmobile guys, that's tri carb. Sorry, they get right. they get very upset when you say tri power. It's a Pontiac thing. Uh, I put the tri carbs on it. I built basically a W thirty four hundred engine. It was like 11-to-1, big camera, stuff, four-speed, 390 gear. And I you know, I got it all done. It was beautiful. And I got sick of driving it. I just said, I don't, I don't like this thing. I don't know why. I just don't like the seating position. I don't right. like how it stops. I don't like how it steers. So I put it up for sale. That's when I emailed you and said, hey, if I sell my 442, I'll buy something else. Because yep. my sister, my sister, Linda, she's the oldest, she bought the Sunbird new in 87. She had a Mustang that got hit, and she yep. wanted something sporty and fun and little. She likes fast cars. Yep. And I said, hey, you can buy a Cavalier Z24. You could buy a turbo Sunbird. There wasn't much out, you know, right. car convertible. She yeah, the Z24
0: had a six, right? Yeah.
2: That yeah, okay. She's not a Chevy girl. Yep. She wanted another Mustang, but at that time Ford only made the V8 and the four. There was no V6. Right. She wanted a six-cylinder, something quick but not crazy. Right. So she went, and I stayed up to the Sunbird. I read a, a road test that was in high-performance cars, and I said, this looks like a fun ride. And she drove it and loved it, so she yep. bought it. And I said, I'd like to modify this thing. And she was like, no, yeah. stay away, leave it alone, play with your own junk, leave my junk alone. So I haunted her for 16 years. <laughs> Get rid of the sunbird, I want to play with it, I want to play with it. So right about the time I was getting rid of the 442, she said, hey, I think I'm done with the sunbird. If you want it, you know, give me a thousand bucks, you can take it. Yep. So I had... Just to, I was in the midst of buying it when I contacted you. That's why I said i I got another car. I'll buy it to bring it. So the Sunbird, I, I literally had that car like a month and a half. Right. the Hemmings thing. Right. I did. Uh, I put. I, I made out a you know pipe a two and a half inch exhaust with dual exhaust. Yeah. I found a guy online, like the only guy in the world who modifies Sunbirds. I contacted him and I found out how to make a boost controller and a map we, uh, bleed to bring the boost up so you don't have a fuel cut. And yeah, yeah. I just generally played around. It was like V six turbo Buick stuff. I just right. applied it to the Sunbird. That was the first time I ever took that car racing.
3: Yeah,
0: that's right. Since
2: it was new in eighty-seven.
3: Yeah, So
0: we did an event at uh, Lebanon Valley Dragway, and um, and it was the, really that was the first. I think that was the first thing that I had done when I first started working at Hemmings. So we the magazine was only four or five issues old, yeah. And we were just trying to generate some interest, and you you know say yeah 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 I'll I'll come up with something. And it was like okay you know so we had a guy with you know sixty sixty five Galaxy. We had a uh a pontiac what was that big white pontiac uh it was a bonneville with a 421 oh that was awesome that was a 69. really really nice that car nice. yeah so and it was a
2: 67 gt500 yep there. that's right gt500 nice there was some really nice stuff sho taurus
0: and then stuff. here you come with that sunbird. <laughs> but that car did it, it, well. it did well
2: I wanted to go 13s that day, but I, I went 14, 17 at like 94 or 95. Yeah. That car was awesome. I, when I had when my sister bought that car, I had an 87 442. Great car. Slow yep. as dirt. Yes. And I played with it and stocked my 442 we're in like
3: 1680s. Yeah, they were a pig. Oh, God. the Great 80s. car, but. Oh,
2: beautiful car. Yeah. 81 miles an hour. The Sunbird went 15, 8. Of oh, fifty nine at like eighty eight miles an hour, completely stock, and I was say, "Wow, this thing's faster than my car!" Jeez, and it's you know, it's equitable cost. It's a tiny little car. It's just I always loved that car. Yeah, it was. Oh,
0: I remember. Car. So a friend of mine in high school had the Z twenty four convertible, and I always remember that car being comfortable. It was really fun to drive. And at the time, it was like, well, if you're not going to buy a Camaro, if you're not going to buy a V eight, you know, pony car, this is a really it's a really good option and i think i think now you know years later people kind of look at it like oh, why would anybody buy one of those it was a pretty hot car at the time <laughs> nothing was fast no, no like the idea that you know uh you know you'd buy i mean even a grand national you weren't going to touch one of those cars you, you know I mean, that car was new must have been Twenty something grand.
2: The '86s you could buy for 15 grand. Well, yeah. As soon as they got hot in '87, the price was to the roof. They were eighteen right. grand. They were selling them at the time. They called it adjusted market value. Yes. We, right. We call greed. It was right. Like eight grand they tack on.
0: Right. Whereas pay. you know a car like that, <clears throat> I, I, my, this friend of mine got out of the service and bought one, so it couldn't have been more more than thirteen grand new.
2: I think mine was fourteen. Two was yeah. Start. It was loaded. It's got yep. every option you could possibly want. You know, I mean.
0: So you've still got there. that car.
2: My sister has it in the garage. I worked on it for about five, six years. Did the motor, the tranny, put a posse in it, all kinds of dumb things I regret doing. Yeah. And I said, I'm getting tired of this thing. You want it back? And she said, yeah, sure. I, I miss having my convertible. So I gave it back to her. And she drove it for like a year or two and said, yeah, I think I'm done again. So yeah. Someday I have to bring it home. I have too many cars right now. All right. Now, so, so, so
0: tell me what else you have.
2: I have a 68 Firebird convertible that I actually bought in like 99. Yep. And uh, it went through one house move. It was completely stripped, it was rotted everywhere. I mean, the firewall was rotted, everything was rotted in this car. It was a six-cylinder, I had a Chevy motor when I bought it. Yep. So I had great aspirations to put a Turbo Buick in it and four-wheel disc and fiberglass panels and blah, 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 blah. And then we had kids and we moved and I was like, you know what, I don't have time for this thing. So yeah. I gave it to a friend of mine. He did a little work to it. He gave it to my brother, who built it for my nephew, who drove it to college for four years. And then he bought a Subaru and said, I'm done with this thing. You want it back? And I was like, yeah. I yeah. Said, I have I have time. So I, I'm doing some of the things my brother did to make it a normal car. That's a hard top? It's convertible. It's a convertible. It's yeah, actually yeah. a manual convertible top. No really, kidding. Yeah, that's the God.
0: Yeah. So with the six, that ha- that had to be straight That was a like bare bones, stripped yeah. out. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But I had, I, my brother had a three fifty Chevy and it just something simple. My nephew could drive to school. Yeah. And he was going to the highway with it all the time. So he had two forty one gears and it. You know, it was lame. So right. I have a. I put three twenty three gears in it now and I have a four fifty five. It's actually an Olds motor I had in, in stock. Yeah. So I'm.
0: <laughs> yeah. I remember you had several hanging around at some point or another. Several. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. My wife is thrilled. So I uh, have a four fifty five old and I actually would be working on it today if I wasn't here partaking of your company, <laughs> it'll be running really soon. Uh, I have a 69, 440. Do you remember the green one I put yeah, the last? I, still I love have that, that car. I still have that. And I have a 2014 ZL1 Camaro because uh, it needs something you can actually drive once in a while.
0: Yeah, that's right. What did it, uh, I'm trying to think. A couple of years ago, you and I had lunch and you had something else that maybe it was the ZL1 you were buying at the time.
2: I had a Shelby for a couple of oh, years. Oh, Shelby.
3: Yeah, the
0: yeah, last yeah, last yeah. Maybe that was it. Nice. Nice. Yeah,
2: right. Nice car. Stick shift. My wife didn't like it because it was jerky. Yep. So I tend to drive like a jerk when I have a standard, <laughs> And I said, well, I'll get something with automatic. And I bought the Camaro because they come automatic. That's an awesome Camaro's car. Camaro's a I mean, nice car. You know, I, I had them both, and people asked me, which did you like better? Pfft, Camaro. It's, yeah. The Shelby was, I think, better looking. I think down the road it would be worth more. But yeah. the Camaro's just an awesome car. I mean, is
0: it? That's a uh, convertible, too?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it it Yeah,
1: you're I, a convertible I, guy. I am. You're breaking uh, my heart a little bit because I love Mustangs. Oh, really? Love Mustangs. I mean,
2: I love the Shelby. It was a great car. I mean, it had incredible power. I I modified the Shelby. The Camaro, I'm leaving it alone. Uh, the Shelby made insane power. I had it to the point where it made uh, 672 horsepower with the wheels. So that's like 750 at the that's crank. That's crazy. And that's crazy. It was yeah. a brutal, fast car. But the TR6060 trannies, you can't speed shift them. They grind to the 1-2 shift. Oh, yeah. This the Shelby's they do. So I was like, what fun is that? I'm not going to pull the tranny apart a brand new car. It was bad enough I ruined it by you know, modifying it. So I put it back to stock, traded it in, bought the Camaro, and we'll see. Yeah, maybe next time I'll go to a Hellcat. Who knows? I don't know.
0: I I like I, you know, I like all of those cars. That 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 you know, pony car. We, we have never had, and the opportunities that people have right now to buy super fast cars for not a ton of money. I mean, the Hellcats great example. But mm-hmm. for me, like the 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 RT that challenger is Ooh. fantastic and it's what 360 horsepower or something you're going to correct me because you know everything <laughs> that's what tony used to do he used to send me email like every time something would be wrong in the magazine i'd get it i'd get hate mail from tony i gave
2: you free editing You're <laughs> yeah, welcome. Right. i believe it's 375
0: horses. yeah and they're they're relatively inexpensive they're a terrific car they look great um the mustang i love i mean i'm a chevy guy i mean i that's that's a gm guy i've you know, driven nothing but GM cars basically for years, but you know the Mustang to me is even in you know standard GT form is a fantastic, fun, really cool automobile, and I would take it with an automatic. I don't care about driving a stick in any of th- these things these anymore. Days,
1: I'm sorry, I, I I know the purists say you have to have a stick, yeah, but in with today's tra- automatic transmissions, you don't need a stick, right? But my buddy has an R an RT, and yep. that thing. I went in that we went down to Rhode Island um just to go for a cruise and we got on to 495 at some point and it was wide open and he opened that thing up. Yeah. Oh my goodness. They will boogie. <laughs> oh my goodness.
0: I mean the, you know the the 707 horsepower in the Hellcat is mind-bending it's it's so fast i mean you get it on a hot day when you know you got some adhesion with the tires the tires are warm that it'll literally like it'll bend your vision it it takes off so fast (laughs) and it's usable that's the thing is you know i think early on when that car came out there were a lot of you know armchair internet Geniuses out there saying, "Wow, why'd you want 700 horsepower for? You can't turn it, and you know that's basically unusable on the street. That's nonsense. That car is fantastic, even with the red key at the full." 707 horsepower that car is totally drivable it's not like the old days when you know things were you know on a cam and you basically you know the wipers wouldn't work because you're at a stoplight you know <laughs> that car works all the time the AC blows cold it's it's an incredible automobile so you know it's it's just this time when you can buy basically anything you want in that segment. And you can try a Camaro, and if you don't like it, you know you. you I, I love the interior in the Camaros. I think they're light years ahead of of even a few years ago.
1: I think they're great. My only issue with the modern Camaros is the sight lines. Oh, sight you can't lines. See. Yeah, to me. I can't top down. They're awesome. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. <laughs> That's true. I, someone of my height has a hard time oh, wow. getting into any convertible well, yeah. because my again the sight lines it, the windshield ends at my eyes yep. <laughs> yeah yeah so. the,
3: the first
0: when that car first came out again it was it was like being in a in a in a pillbox in world war ii you know it, it, uh, it was looks you just had a little but... gun sight to look <laughs> out of and and it, they were they were a little tough to drive but yeah you're right the, con- the convertible makes it you know much nicer in the summer um, but again, beautiful cars to drive. And, and, you know, I know that Ford, Chevy, Mopar rivalry still exists, but you know, you, you really can't go wrong buying one of those things.
2: No, it's a great time to be an enthusiast. And there's, there's yeah. decisions between standard automatic and old car, new car. I mean, I've had them all. I mean, I, right. you know, I grew up in the seventies and early eighties, so you can buy muscle cars. My brother used to buy them at 300 bucks and use them for winter beater and get rid of them. You know, right. block Camaro, he either 3 d 69 Cuda. Was a monster. I mean, there's you know tons of old cars you could buy for peanuts back then. Right. But they're all the same. You know, they right. They ride like crap. They don't stop that well. Right. uh They eat fuel. I mean, these to get 13 12 miles of the gallon. You know, single digits weren't uncommon. Right. You could smell like exhaust. Yeah. If you're young and you're into that thing, great. But once you get a little older, it's like this is this is not making it well, anymore.
0: Uh, and and I mean, even if you've dumped all of the money that you have into it. It's you, you. can out-handle, out-stop, and almost out-accelerate almost anything with like a an Accord at, at this point. You know, like th- th- those cars are so fast. They're so fun. And, you know, they drive so great. And, you know, so it's like, well, I I get questions from from, from people on, I drive a lot of old vintage stuff. It's like, oh, you know, uh, you know, still driving around on those drum brakes. They don't stop that good. They don't turn that well. And it's like, well, how fast are you really going to go in in one of these things? You know, you've got opportunities to, to go fast. Uh, from from just about any modern car that you
1: drive now. I mean, if you live in Utah and you can drive on the Salt Flats, great. Yeah. Get a get a muscle car. If you're right. Right, living in Germany and you want to go on the Autobahn, great. But if around here, it, I mean, I give my buddy who has the RT a hard time because I'm like, when when do you have the opportunity to really yeah really? Oh, yeah. But I mean, just driving around in it, you're right. Driving around in those cars, car. it's it's very comfortable. Yep. It doesn't. You you can feel the power, but it's not like the old muscle cars where you were at a stoplight and you felt like it just wanted to take off. Right, well, he can cruise that thing down, and it sound it the the sound like it gets that nice low rumbling sound. Yep. You know, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, and you set you know the you set that car to to the way you want to drive at any given point. I mean, the normal settings
1: mm-hmm.
0: or that echo settings. I mean, it really it it will slow itself down to the point where you know the suspension's soft, the steering input's really soft. It drives you know not quite like a luxury car, but pretty close. Mm-hmm. And then you can dial up the performance any way you want and have it you know have have the exhaust be loud and and have it shift a lot harder than you'd 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 want it to normally. But I mean, I, I just drove last weekend. I drove a, a Genesis G80, and that was the same thing. I mean, that that's a that's a full blown luxury car. And you could set that in sport mode, and it'll shift pretty quick and, and kind of show itself as a, as a performance car, too. So it's nice having all of this stuff now.
2: It's a great time. I mean, you can buy a, a four-cylinder turbo Mustang or a V6 Camaro that runs, you know, 1370s. And I remember not that long ago in the 80s and early 90s, I mean, me and my friends would you know, work all day, go to the track in our, you know, race cars with air quotes on a Wednesday night in England Dragway, you know, drop exhaust, put slicks on it. Ice down the motor, pull the air cleaner, you know, beat the crap out of it, run race gas, yep, run a thirteen sixty at a hundred, you know right, and you're like yes, this is, right, you know, I'm a hero, and you know now you're anything doing will run miles of the gallon, I mean, yep,
0: I, with the a c blowing oh, the whole time yeah, this, yeah, right
2: it's all what you want you want the visceral thrill of an old car well go buy one i mean once you get a little older you might say "Mm, this isn't really doing it well the
0: thing the thing i love too with with you know more modern cars is you know you bought a four-cylinder mustang or a six-cylinder mustang years ago they really went out of their way to make you feel like a cheapskate you know it's like it had the single exhaust cutout. it had you know no tack with just a giant this is where attack would have been if you hadn't been so cheap, uh, you know, or a giant gas gauge and the Camaros. You yeah. know, that's what they used to give you in that. And they really kind of went out of you, their way to make you feel awful about it. And now, you buy a four cylinder Mustang, you get the Track Pack, which is really cool. You get that as standard. It's got line locks, standard in oh, yeah. really? a four cylinder Mustang. It's crazy, yeah. but it's also forty something, forty three thousand bucks too. Oh yeah.
2: But it's all relative to, you know, the kids right. back then. I mean, remember back in, I think it was the 80s, when Hot Rod did an article saying there were no 11-second muscle cars. Everybody was like, what? My roadrunner right. went, you know, 11-1. Right. And then people would say, yeah, you're right, they weren't. I'm seeing that now with the Grand Nationals. I mean, yeah. I'm on a lot of enthusiast sites on Facebook, of all places, but kids today are like, oh, the Grand National. they were untouchable. Nothing could beat them. It's like, no, yeah. that's not true. They, right. They were fast. I mean, at the time, it was the best we had. But right. I worked at a Buick Dale. I worked at Walton Buick in Medford you know, in 85 and six. So I saw the carbureted turbo Buicks. I saw the you know fuel injected into cool Grand National. Yep. They were awesome. Yep. They all had rear main seals that would leak. Right, Transmissions were hit or miss. They'd chirp second gear on this one. This one shifts like garbage. I mean, yeah, you know, it's they were a limited car. They didn't ride well. Right. The windows would pop out of the track over 55 on the highway. I mean, yeah. forget all that crap. They, I, I remember right. vividly. I mean, we used to... Bring them in. We used to call it tilt the windows in because people would say the windows don't line up on the track. Yeah, because it's a garbage design. But right, yeah, because yeah, yeah. that had
0: no no door frame.
2: No, and you know what's funny is my four four two the eighty seven. I had that when I was at the Buick dealer. And my friend had a Grand National, and we were on the highway one day. And at fifty five, in his Grand National, he put the window up. It would go right in the, the track. It was like a little plastic clip, yeah. or a blow clip. Yeah, it would go right in. If at sixty, it would go on the other side of it. And no kidding. He, yeah, my god didn't do it. He'd say. How many times you had these doors apart? I'm like, never. I never had the yep. doors apart. Like, why does your car not do it? I'm like, I don't know. Oldsmobile quality. I mean, they were. My like, wife
0: had an 80, 86 442, and oh, yeah? hers never did that. But hers didn't have t-tops either. I didn't either. Okay. His
2: his Grand National didn't. I don't know. It's, yep. It's the quality was spotty in the eighties. It definitely you know, people was. Just romance it now. It's like they were great cars. They weren't, they
0: weren't that great. They weren't that great. You know? and yeah. and you know the the I mean the other the only other thing out there that was, you know. I mean, you you could you could make a Camaro go that fast, uh-huh. you know, but but it was out of the box. I think that was the the, but they they, they definitely didn't have the tires, no. to 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 put up with that kind of horsepower either. You, you'd burn those things right off. They were Eagle GTS. They barely they were like eight balls. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and they had about four inches of suspension travel. I mean, the,
1: the yeah. '80s the '80s had uh, look at the Mustangs from the '80s. Yeah, I mean the Mustangs from the '80s were terrible until the. 5.0 came out what, in the mid to late 80s, there? That even was that- what,
2: 84? Is that right? 80- 83 was the boss's, 82, actually, the boss's well, back.
1: Yeah, right? the boss's back. But, <laughs> like, the, I remember my, my buddy had a quote, I put, I'm putting up air quotes, a Mustang. It was this tan, bare bones thing. It drove, it felt more like a Ford Escort at the time right. than it did a Mustang. Yep. And, yeah, the 5.0s were out. But I remember, I distinctly remember like in the late 80s when the 5.0s, they, they brought the Cobra style back or something yeah. like that in the late 80s. And that's when the Mustang started taking off again. Um, but, and then the Camaros, the Z20, the I Rock Z and all that, they were fun cars, yeah. but they didn't last. Like <laughs> they would, my two of my uncles had rocks and when I I was getting my license at that time and they were both letting me drive it and they were fun as a, as a 16 17 year old kid you're burning down the pike when you could burn down the pike because yeah. there wasn't as much traffic right um, and it was fun but within like three years those cars were junk
0: yeah, they, they they just didn't hold together. I mean, they would mm-hmm. they would start to rattle, and if you bought the one with the t tops, yep. they sent those out to ASC and they the American Sunroof Company would cut the roof off that every single one of them. And it, the Mustang was the same way when you got the convertible. I mean, th- those were those cars were hacked to pieces. I was working I was working at a glass for Phillips Glass in in eighty uh, seven and eighty eight, I guess, and we had a Mustang convertible come in. And they used to they used to have these big uh, aluminum moldings that would go over the the windshield header. And it was like, why, why'd they go do that? And they were all pop riveted in and everything. So you'd drill the pop rivets out. You'd take these giant moldings off. It was like, oh, that's why. Because they hacked this roof off and they filled everything in with silicone. I mean, it, those cars were terrible. They were never meant to be convertibles at all. Uh, you know, ASC was this... This crazy company that used to do stuff like that, all the T tops and all that kind of stuff were, were kind of the same way. They were never really designed that way. Where now you go out and buy a car and it's been been designed as a convertible from yeah. the get go. So they don't rattle, they don't get cowl shake like those cars did in the eighties. You know, you'd drive along and you hit a bump or and and the whole the whole nose of the car would just kinda kinda be jiggling around on you, you know?
1: The other car that I remember from the eighties that everybody besides the fiera which we won't we won't talk about that. Yeah, oh, they look uh, cute. Yeah. The, yeah. Cool. And that they
0: were good yeah. at the end too. Yeah. Like, in true. typical GM fashion.
1: Um but the um the Monte Carlo. Yeah. Cuz er- that came with like a, a small like engine in it and everybody could like oh, we can ju- like easily pop this engine out and pop in
0: Right. Not so like they were the, they were, you know, AG they were the G body to A body to start with. Yeah. And then they it, it was called the G body, it was the same car. it uh, came out in 78 and they were basically, you know, uh, it was like interchangeable GM stuff. GM always did a pretty good good job with that, you know, regardless which engine you bought, you could always put a, you know, a, a 350 in or mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, those had a had a 307 I think at at best, right? or 305 305 the Monty's with 305 Money yeah yeah so man the Monty ss you know was again really cool looking car just like the the uh the 442 looked great oh, looked yeah. like it should have been fast but poof, you know
3: just just a dog enough were... nitrous you can make them fast Yeah
1: I, I did mean... <laughs> And they were all black with like red pinstripes on it. Yep, that's the oh, other thing wow. I remembered.
0: <laughs> yep, I and they had movies. they had that arrow. That one year they had the arrow back window, which are mm-hmm. now like people prize those things. Mm. They, they were just mocked yeah. when they when they came out. I was like, why why would, why would you buy
2: that oh, when that you can buy the, the body, notchback two plus two? Yes, yeah, the, the tiny little mail slot trunk opening, but it's a huge trunk. Yep. You can't get anything in. Yeah, they're they're freaky looking, but. Yeah, like big money now. A or a Daytona. I mean, now people respect them. I mean,
3: yeah,
0: you know, and and just like your your Firebird, uh, you know, you can think about. I mean, my, I was working at the magazine trying to find muscle cars all over the country all the time to feature in the magazine. I I could find a a Copo Camaro in twenty minutes, but a six cylinder Camaro from the 60s (laughs) unheard of all right we're going to take a short break my guest here is tony cerulli you're going to hang around for a little bit you might all right so we'll uh we'll take a quick break and we
3: will be right back
0: That is a cover. For who is that? Oh is that a? Uh, that's oh, not man, Steppenwolf, well, is it?
1: It is the it is the singer of Steppenwolf. It's just not oh, it.
0: it's a different band. Yes. Got it. You know, one of the things I love about John Paul's show is that he's always got some good intro music coming in. Always cool. Little hot rod Lincoln. It's really great. I love it. So my name is Craig Fitzgerald. I'm filling in for uh, for my buddy, the car doctor, John Paul. Uh, we're here on WRLL radio in lovely Quincy, and it looks like the weather is improving a little bit. It was pretty nasty this morning, a lot of flooding out there, so uh, definitely be careful on your on your drive around. I think it's supposed to improve a little bit today. Uh, you can give us a call at 617-770-3030. Uh, my guest in the studio is Tony Cerulli from Boston Duck Tours. He is the chief technical officer, engineering officer, chief engineering officer. What's it a name, Craig? I know. I don't, you know, I have no idea what you do over there, and I'm sure nobody who works with you no. does No, They leave me alone. So t- tell me on the duck trucks, what's the, what's the thing that you end up fixing more than anything on those things?
2: Oh, jeez. Uh, there are no repetitive failures, Craig. What's, what kind of question is that? <laughs> We've never left anybody stranded. Never. In the... <laughs> um, well, that's a good question. I mean, through the years you see things come and go. I mean that's that's a big part of my job as identifying repetitive failures. Right. And instituting cures. Which doesn't mean I'm a genius by any means. It means that I read a lot or I go online a lot or I pull people I know and hopefully that what they say helps or my guys think of something and I say, you know, let's try it. Or uh, I consult an engineer who actually is paid to be smart. Right. Um, unlike me. So, uh, um, let's see. Today, what's the most repetitive problem? Um Injector failure yeah maybe steering box failure you know
0: so basic school bus kind of stuff right i mean it's it's, you know it's interesting that those things are a you know they're a custom built vehicle for you they're on a you know common chassis i guess but it's a i guess it's like you know running the trolleys in in boston you know those things when they came out were on a school bus chassis they had diesel engines in them and i guess those had gas engines the original ones but uh kind of like yours but um you know there's there's just those common failures that you end up having to, having to deal with over the over the course of running those things
2: yeah and electronic things fail I mean you know talk about the parades earlier one of my fears is is the alternator going to croak in the parade or the you know the engine control computer right I mean we have a contingency plan for that but it's it's always a worry I mean, I, I worry excessively when we're in the public eye like a play, sure because they're all in one place there's two million people watching every camera in the world is on them and yep. you know it's a lot of scrutiny so I my partners were making fun of me last week when I mentioned that because we did that Patriots thing on Sunday. Yep. And they they said, you yeah, know, he wants a dock up there. And I said, why don't we tow it up? And I am like, yeah. yeah, it's only 30 miles away. we can make it up there. I'm like, you know, I just, what if it breaks down on the way? It's the only duck I have with a platform. Why don't right. we just tow it? And they were like, do you have no confidence in your fleet? I'm like, sure I do. Every day I do, but not on a high yeah, profile but, gig like right, this. And right, right. Like, so. You know,
0: and, and then going, you know, 30, 30 miles at, you know, 65 miles an oh, hour. that's 40. Yeah, <laughs> right.
2: But right. I'm the guy who's in an airplane going. Why is the engine making that noise? What's yeah. that creaking noise? It shouldn't do that. Should it? I <laughs> think the mechanics here, you know, go through frequent training. I think the guy was maybe sleeping this morning. We did a circle check. I don't know. Right. I worry about all that crap anyway. Right. So that's just me being super paranoid. I mean, ignorance is truly bliss.
0: <laughs> so what do you tell them with when you do when you do do you have a
2: trailer or do you we hire a place called Schlager's in the South okay. Shore? Because you need to have someone with a huge trailer for Right. That. I mean, it's, it's a low boy trailer too, which yep. some of the bridges are too low. And uh it's right here in Quincy. Yeah, right on the corner. And they yeah. actually I called them just to get a price. Because I was really pushing to tow it. Right. And they said, we have to wheel lift it because it's it's too high. Even on the trailer, it's too high for some bridges. So if you wheel lift it, you got to pull the axle shafts out in the back. Oh, oh yeah. Like, yeah. I was trying to avoid having a mechanic go up and having any you know, traffic problems. Right. You know, I would just drive it. Screw it. So
0: you did drive it. And, you, oh, yeah. and, and what do you have, like a chase vehicle that goes along with it?
2: Yeah, for something like that, you really have no shortage of people who want to do it. Yeah, I'm but sure. It's like, oh, we need to find two people. I'll go. I'll go. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. You know, it's funny. Years ago, we did that Aerosmith thing on Com Ave. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was, you know, my partner Phil. Like, you know, I'm not into sports at all. My partner Phil is not into music at all. Yeah. So he said, hey, I need like eight volunteers for you know Monday, whatever day it was, and like, what are we doing? Some music thing on Com Ave. I'm like, oh, all right. Well, who's working that day? So it was me and said other kid. I said, I'll go. I'm here too. And then. The day before, we find out it's Aerosmith. I'm like, "Are you insane? I could yep. have anybody you wanted to do this." And he yep. looks at me, and goes, "Who cares? They're all old guys." I'm like, "Are you out of your mind?" Aerosmith, <laughs> dude. You know, that was it's awesome. like
0: literally the most successful <sighs> band that ever came out of Boston. Oh man, yeah.
2: you know, I was this far from me to you to Steven Tyler, yep. with Joe Perry in the trailer. It was awesome. That yep. was one of the highlights of my career there. So,
1: so can I interject? I want to sure. tell the story about Steven Tyler. Um, so my wife and I were celebrating our one year anniversary. We just celebrated 20. So this was many moons ago. Wow. Yeah. Um, our one year anniversary we were down on Nantucket and like a week prior to our anniversary, we were talking with all our friends and stuff like that. And she's like, my wife was like, I don't get why, um, people get starstruck. They're just people. And we were all like, bull, if you ever met Steven Tyler, cause she's a huge fan of Aerosmith. If you ever met Steven Tyler, you wouldn't know what to do. She's like, no, I'd say hi to him when I talk to him. He's just a regular guy. So, uh, literally on the one-year anniversary, we were in this little pub on in Nantucket and and walked Stephen Tyler. And she's looking at him, and I'm looking at him. I had met him years ago when I was a kid, before I was the height that I am now. So, I remember him being taller. He's not tall. Yeah. Um, so, taller I'm looking. Me. I'm like, why, why do you keep looking over at that ugly woman? And she's like, it's not an ugly woman. It's Stephen <laughs> Tyler. <laughs> and I look. I'm like, oh, my God, it is. So, I'm like, go say oh. hi. And she's like, no. I'm like... Fine. So I get up and I walk over and I, I see on the on the wait list that it's it's him and I'm like, all right. So I, I go over I go back to him I'm like it's really him, go say hi. And she's like, No, and I'm like, No, I'm not letting this rest. So I walk over back I walk back over to him and I'm like, Hi, uh, Mr. Tyler. I, I know you're probably here for your lunch with your family, but today is literally my one year wedding anniversary. My wife is a really big fan. He's like, What's her name? I'm like, Libby and he goes bound not just walking, he goes bounding, like skipping over to her and gets up to her and goes on one bended knee grabs her hand and starts like singing happy like oh, wow. fantastic in the Steven Tyler voice and she did not oh she not, must have wow. flipped oh, she couldn't even speak for like 2 hours oh that's awesome. great like, yeah you won't get starstruck yeah <laughs> that was a fun day <laughs> i bet was. I, it was I, I can't i can't do anything to top that
0: was <laughs> was that the was that the coolest thing that you did i mean you do other stuff besides the sports stuff i i, I neglected to bring that up but
2: i mean you, me personally yeah uh it was probably that and there was the time we sent the duck up to the uh speedway in new hampshire a couple of years ago oh yeah I think it was jeff gordon yes he was retiring and they wanted a duck up there so we coordinated the duck to make a lap around the track so i went up with the tow truck we towed at that time yeah this, right this was, we have one world war ii duck left we use it for nothing but special events because no people kidding. call us all the time. Can I get a duck for Little Miss Dorchester? Can I get a duck for the Dorchester Day Parade? Can I get yeah. a duck for Little League? And, you know, it, it's it's great to accommodate them, but you hate to take the duck, a duck out of service to sure. make us money because we are a business after all. Right. So, we, when we replaced all the old ducks, we said, let's keep one old duck that looks nice, use it for parades only or a little stuff like this so we can get yep. it for free. It doesn't cost us anything. It's it's paid its dues. Yep. It's not Coast Guard inspect. doesn't go in the water. So, we sent that duck up. I went with it, and they said, hey, we need to test run this thing around the track to make sure it'll do it. And I was like, who's going to do it? They're like, well, you can drive it, can't you? I was like, Sweet. sure. I'll drive it, sure. <laughs> you know, and I had all kinds of reporters, and I was like, hang on, I'm going to hit breakneck speed now. We're going to go 15. Yeah. So that was probably neck and neck with coolest with Aerosmith. Yes. Yeah. We've done a lot of crazy things like that. Oh, it's, 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 it's great. So you
0: mentioned Coast, Coast Guard spec. What do you guys have to do to make those things float? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I'll keep all the plugs. In <laughs> yeah. No, we're a Coast Guard inspected every year. Um, yeah. So every year, and it's usually before they go on the water, the first time of the year. So February, March, before yep. we open, they just go through them all. Check the life jackets proper count, make sure they're stored correctly. You know, fire extinguishers, make sure they're serviced regularly. CO2 system, make sure they're serviced regularly. Make sure you, you know, all the licensing is up to snuff. You know. Yep. No hull leaks. You're going to go in the river. Check the hull leak. Make sure the steering action is you know, working properly. Yep. <clears throat> just things like that. to look for. Corrosion in the hull, you know, hull damage on the outside. Yeah. Uh, everything that the DOT and the DPU don't care about, the Coast Guard cares about. Yeah. So we, we're respected by pretty much everybody.
3: It's right,
0: exactly. <coughs> so, so I remember several years ago, there was one of those that went, that sunk in uh, Pittsburgh or no. It was Arkansas. Maryland? No, no. Arkansas. No, it was Arkansas? Uh, it, no, oh, it it was that's in right.
1: Michigan. It was on, one, it wasn't, I think it was in one of the, was it? Lake Michigan, or some? It was just last year. The it was like a wedding party. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There was. Uh,
0: I I don't know. Anyway, re, re, I can't remember exactly what right. the incident was, but you know, there the, at that time it was like, well, they're not going through the same inspections that, or they had not done something that you guys do here.
2: Well, that's probably the Miss Majestic in '99. Um, okay, <clears throat> that was the first big duck fatality. Uh, that was, I mean, I hate to say it was a simpler time. It was a simpler time. I mean, ducks were, they've been out since the fifties doing tourism stuff, but right. they're always in the backwoods. Everybody yeah. says, Oh, you were the first one, weren't you? No, no, we hardly were the first one. We were the first one in an urban environment. We right. brought it to everyone's attention. Everybody saw it. Right. And then the majestic sank in 99 and everyone said, wow, you know, who's regulating these things? I mean, they were always Coast Guard expected, but right. back then they, there was so few of them. It wasn't treated with the intensity it is today. Right. So the majestic was just a, a matter of poor oversight, poor repairs. Right. No one checked it. Yeah. <clears throat> and you know, you saw what happened. So yes no, there's a lot of scrutiny. I mean, the Coast Guard here is their reputation of being very difficult. I've never had a problem with them. The guys are, are so agreeable. Yep. I mean, they adhere to the rules, of course. Sure. No, they're they're great guys to work with. I have no problem with them. We have an open door policy. They come in anytime they want. When they have a new captain, he just was in the shop a month ago. Just he's a new captain. Of the zone they call it the zone. Yep. And he wants to see our shop. Sure, come on down. I mean, a, you know, anytime our regulators want to come in, they walk into our shop anytime. Just give me a call so I can, you know, look good. I mean, yeah,
3: <laughs> right. You got to put your you you got to put your Lands
0: End shirt on. And yes. <laughs> So I mean you know it's it's part of running you know a professional organization the way you do and you have so over the course of a year how many people do you do you run around on those things
2: uh, on a good year 600,000 wow it's yeah. amazing I know I, You know it's it's I guess part of the, the bad thing about looking so successful, being so successful, is people look at what you do and go, these guys are printing money. You know, The people have literally no. calculators, and they will look at it and go, do do 40 bucks a head. Oh, there's a full duck. There's a full duck. There's a full duck. I can do that. You know, it's Hey, if you can do it, hats off to you. Jump through all the hoops we did, spend all the money we did. I yeah. Mean, they have no idea the overhead we have. I mean, oh, we, just your building. Oh, we have $500,000 in parts. Yeah. Just parts. Yep. You know, I mean, I signed a, a invoice the other day for- it's a money play for the brake caliper. We have they're made in a foundry down in wherever the hell they are. But yep. it was uh, sorry, Dennis, uh, fifty-four thousand dollars for that. I mean, it's you know, it's that's a lot of money. It for, is like, a ton of money. Part. So yep. there's a tremendous amount of upkeep and you know, inventory and you know mechanics and wages. We have like twenty-five staff in the garage. You know, we right, a hundred, just over a hundred drivers and narrators. I mean, we're when I started here, we had about thirty people and four yep. ducks. Now we have like two hundred and twenty-five people. It's 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 a tremendous amount of overhead yep. and maintenance and upkeep and you
0: know morale and but and you've got people that have worked for you for almost
2: that whole time right i mean yeah oh yeah we have uh, one of our first four original drivers his name is jim healy jim healy is our he is our history officer. Uh, Jim is quite a character. He he'd be an awesome guest for you on one of these shows because he's he's got a great, better than great you voice. apparently. Oh my god, ten <laughs> times better than me. No, he's he knows the history. He can recite you about Thomas Jefferson and all those guys what they have for breakfast every day. Yeah, he knows the history. You like Boston history? He lo- he's he's our expert. Yeah, but he's got a great radio voice. Lots of good stories. He was in the Navy and Vietnam. Yep. I mean, he's he's a great guy. But uh, no, Jim started with us before I was there. He was one of the only original people left. It was Bill wow. Young, my partner, Cindy Brown, my partner, and Jim Haley, I think our only original people from 1994. Left. Yeah. But I came on board in February '95. Uh, I hired a guy named Jeff Mack in July 1995. He's been with me ever since. Jeff actually runs the shop. He yep. During the parade, I wasn't even there. My wife had gallbladder surgery that Monday, so I stayed home that week to be yep. with her and take the kids to school. So Jeff ran the show. I mean, I have two really good managers. Jeff Mack and Jay Canning, they they run the show. Yep. You know, I take a back seat more than I used to. Yep. I still make the, you know, hard-hitting decisions, but yeah, you know, yeah. we Yeah. signing those invoices. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and complaining about how much they're spending. Right. No, we we have a good team, you know. Right. We really do. It's 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 one of those stupid things. You're know, your only as strong as your weakest link. It's the right. truth. I mean, if especially in the garage, if you're not doing what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it, we're all going to suffer for it eventually. So right. we have some very very dedicated people on board and I'm grateful we have them. What are you looking for when you're when you're hiring somebody? The greatest mechanic we can hire is a gearhead, someone who loves to just get in there and mess with it, you know. But yep. that's getting harder to find. I mean, we do have some young kids who mess with Hondas and stuff like that, which is great. I mean, I don't care yeah. what your hot rod, as long as your hot rod's something, right. that's fine. Uh, I've known personally mechanics at the Buick dealer who hated cars. They were very vocal. Yes. I used to have two air, uh, aircraft mechanics who hated cars. They tell us all the time, I hate cars. I hate working on cars. It's just a yeah. job. It's like... Should why do you? What career. are you doing here? I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying you have to love it every day and embrace right. it. There are days you want to walk away. But you know, I mean, by and large, I mean, I'm, I'm not the hot rod I used to be. I used to love to do that stuff. Now the firebird I work on, it's like, why am I doing this again? I'm right. tired. My back is killing me. But it's. It's something to do. I love machinery. I love. I love to work on watches, but my fingers are too fat and stubby. I know I break yeah. things, but uh, I love to work on pocket watches. I have yep. a an old Delta Bansar restored. Awesome piece of machinery. I bought a Bridgeport the other day. It was oh, cheap, cool. You know? Yeah. yeah. I just, I oh,
0: machinery. yeah. I know that stuff. It, it, it's it's amazing. Oh, you know, so. some of that stuff that's around from it's been working well since the nineteen fifties, and and it will continue to work until the end of time. Yeah. But they guess they get tossed out because they oh, yeah. they take up too much space. You know. I have a little. Logan two hundred lathe. It was built nineteen forty five. Right, it's very
2: accurate. So it's yep. they built stuff back then. But
0: so do you recruit out of the out of the tech high schools or anything like that? For me, I mean, I don't know what your turnover is for mechanics and stuff. But you know,
2: it's funny. We we out of twenty five people, we probably keep a, a core like fifteen. Say guys have been there for years, and you have like newer guys that don't stay yep, too don't long. Work yeah, right. Yeah, you know, they all you know, they're they're enticed by dealerships. I mean, you go to Ryder get twenty six bucks an hour not Ryder. Sure, mean, I don't know what they're doing there, but right. You know, so it's hard to keep a young guy there, which is fine. I mean, I, I've I've told them all before. I expect to stay here your entire life. If you want to, we'd love to have you. But I you're young and you have a yearning and wanderlust yep. and you want to improve Go, go. I mean I'm yep. not gonna fault you for leaving, but don't take something less than this. Don't be dumb. I mean, geez. Yeah. You know. But yep. uh no, turnover isn't bad, believe it or not. our retention rate, I'm I'm sure our general manager, Bob Lawler, can tell you what our retention rate is, but it's it's very good. I yeah. Mean, so, like, you, so you're looking at, you know, kids in, in at the high school
0: level or, you know, uh, you're probably looking for somebody who's got a little bit of experience under their belt, right?
2: You know, there's room for both. I, I We love to have and we kind of do have a cross section of young guys who are eager and older guys who are in the twilight of their career. Yeah. You know, you want that that experience and, the you know, the, the hard won knowledge that the old guys have. Yeah. But of course, not, I mean, myself included, we're not as as We used to be. Yeah. I mean, again, I work on the fiber all day. I go in the house, and you know, I'm like, my feet <laughs> kill me, my back's killing me. where's a young yep. guy, He's ready to go, you yep. know. And so they don't have the knowledge, but they have the the verb. You know, they have the 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 the, the spring in this step. You know, the eager to learn. Whereas yep. those old grizzled guys like, oh, I don't want to learn anything else. My brain is full. So it's great to have a cross section of both. Um, Some guys are never going to be superstars. Yep. They're always the guys doing wheel bearings or doing flat tires or doing drive shaft, which is fine. There's there's a place for all of that. Right. I mean, you know, like I mentioned my two managers. Now, Jay, Jay Canning, he is a phenomenal electronic guy. He's great with electronics. I'm not. I mean, I can do it, but he's really good with that stuff. You know, and Jeff is a great fabricator, so there's... And you've trails. got a lot of electronics on those trucks, right? We I do mean, now. Yeah. yeah now. And it, it's funny because, you know, they're all fuel-injected four diesels. So yeah. we have to go to, like, uh, F650 online or F350 online and pour through 500 you know posts about, you know, rolling coal and crap to get to the answer we need. Like, right. why this injector cup is leaking. It's...
0: It's right, an, so you've got an engine management computer on that thing, right. just like an F600 would.
2: Exactly. Yep. I mean, the drivetrain is really, it's from an S650. Yeah. It's basically what it is. The Allison Tranny, the 7.3, it's, yeah. So when did you move from
1: the old Ducks to the new
2: That's newer? an awesome question, Dennis. No wonder you're here. <gasps> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would have forgotten that one. <laughs> I mean, through the years, you pushed the envelope with the World War II Ducks in terms of how technologically awesome you can make them like we went to fuel injection in like 2003 it was how old tbi you know it was a simple system. It was all yep. gm stuff that worked great um and then pretty clearly the coast guard was going to increase the passenger weight because let's face it we're all getting fatter you know yep. in the old days the ducks were uh, rated for a passenger weight of 140 pounds per and they were gonna bump it to 185 which is kind of an airline rating and, yeah. and you know it, you can't carry 32 people on a World War II dock at 185 pounds, because there's a there's a test the Coast Guard performs. It's a, an engineering test called a stability test. It's yeah, a full inclining stability. They basically take the weight of the passengers, put it in the, the vessel, they put it at a certain height, and then they push it to one side. And they
0: do they, they literally put that weight in oh, there they and they make literally. you float it. Oh, in the oh old no, days, It
2: was 55 uh, gallon drums of water. Now they do it with sandbags because it's, wow. it's higher off the floor. It's yeah, like, sure. Approximates your person's you know butt up weight. Yeah. And they rock the vehicle over to one side, and they call it, you know, the healing moment, and it's the writing arm, and all kinds of yep. engineering terms I don't understand, but I I just say, oh, yeah, I, I, absolutely, healing healing moment, yeah, of course. Uh, and then it, they tell you exactly what your vessel can support for weight. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a go, no go. If you go, you rock too far, it approximates everybody going, like in a whale watch, everybody goes yeah. to one side, they tell you, you can't do this because this thing will roll over. Yeah. So they conduct that kind of testing, and... Uh, we had done a lot of that testing. We modified World War II ducks to pass at 185 pounds for 32 people. It was a tremendous amount of It, it literally took us nine months to do one of them just to get yeah. all the hull work. And we said, you know what? It's we not have, worth it. You can yeah. buy these truck ducks. They're ready to go. Yep. They're a ton of money. But so to answer your question, in 2006, we bought our first truck duck. And a truck duck is, like I said before, it's a, a brand new hand built ch- uh, hull. On it's a M, steel M, hull, right? It's a steel hull, yep. yeah, on an M35 chassis, which yep. is, uh, you military guys know it's like the 58 to probably 80-something. It's a deuce and a half. half, yeah. Yeah, I mean, everybody calls all those trucks deuce and a half. It yeah. was a 40s deuce and a half and a 50s right. deuce and a half. This was the one from like 58 to 80-something. Yep. So um, it's built on that chassis, which is much more robust and heavy-duty. The running gear is heavy-duty. So we bought our first one in 2006. At the time... Uh, this was the third one built. I think the first four, two of them were gas, two were diesel. And then right after that, they decided to make them all diesel. Yeah. So we would add, we, we ran that one for a couple of years and worked the bugs out of it because there's always something. Whenever you buy anything, it's, this is the greatest thing ever. Oh, it's not right. not going to have this problem, not going to have this problem, and it doesn't. And then it has these other five problems they didn't tell you about because, right. you know, the environment where our manufacturer is and our environment are two different environments. So... In 2008, we uh, bit the bullet and said we'll buy like seven this year. And it basically is based on how much you can afford to buy every year. I mean, yeah. if, as my partner Phil used to say, if I could wave a wand, have them all be truck ducks tomorrow, I would. But it's.
0: Oh, you, yeah. you know, you're talking a million bucks a piece or well, something. Well, we started you know? out there
2: with 275 for the first one, yeah. the, the Rainbow duck, South and Sierra. That was our first truck duck in 2006. After that, they went up to, you know, 375 yep. 3 uh, the last ones were like four oh seven each. So wow. a tremendous amount of money. So by 2014, we had a whole fleet of truck ducks. We have the largest truck duck fleet, I believe, in the world. We have 28 truck ducks. So what do you do with those things when you cycle them
3: out? Like,
2: do that's, they, the older ones, like... That's a sad story. I hate to tell. Um, some of them we sold early on. We started selling them to, uh, there's one guy in Weymouth. He's got one, looks like an original World War II duck. Did a great job on it. Yep. Uh, But it has all the modernized, you know, six-cylinder running gear like we ran. Yep. You've probably seen it. Uh, His name is Duval. Mr. Duval, he's got it. Yeah, I've seen it. He's a good guy. Um, We sold him one. I sold three or four to a guy I know in Arkansas who runs ducks, and they were pretty rotted. I mean, they, (laughs) you know, the water up here is brackish, but it it does take a toll on the, the World War II ducks. So he was using them for parts mainly. He sold three or four to a friend of mine who runs ducks in Chattanooga. And right around that time, our insurance company said, hey, we don't insure you to sell ducks. We insure you to do tourism on ducks. So uh, you need to stop selling these things. So we tried to get museums to take them. And we really, it's, it's hard because if they have like a, a kid's playground with interactive you know, duck to play on, someone's going to get hurt. Sure. You know, they're like, we don't want this thing. Yeah. So we ended up cutting up like seven of them and scrapping them, which wow. breaks my heart. But we had to. I mean, there's so much liability today. It's, right. You can't sell them anymore. I mean, we donated one to Battleship Cove. Who actually is redonating it to the Wright Museum in New Hampshire? It's it's in the works right now. Sure. Um, so we tried to give away what we could. You know, the the founder of the company was Andy Wilson. His, if you want to call him co-founder, Manny Will- Manny Rogers. He was the co-founder of the company. He's a huge military vehicle buff. We mm. gave him the last World War Two duck we had. That was actually the very first one we got. Oh million. wow! So he has that one. Uh, That's about it. I I, I hate to cut them up. I hate to admit it because duck enthusiasts will kill me. But yeah, but you you know, you
0: you you know, you're running a business and your insurance company won't. You know, it's like it's funny. I went up with uh, you. You know, Brian Loans uh, from from Bankshift, right? So he's he's a great you know enthusiast of all old stuff. And we went up to. vermont to a junkyard that was closing down that they were it was basically it was like five hundred dollars you could pull anything you could pull out was five hundred bucks so we were up there looking at all of this great stuff and one of the things that was up there which was amazing was a full chair lift from one of the one of the ski mountains up there oh wow and it was it was an amazingly good condition the chairs were all beautiful the rollers and everything was all cast aluminum but all of that <laughs> stuff had to have come down because it just didn't it didn't meet any kind of you know regulations for running people on it anymore you know and what do you do with it you don't have any opportunity other than to scrap it you know and that's why like you know uh places like um uh, restored salvage out in you know out in Worcester like that's where they exist is because they they'll pick up stuff like that somewhere you know at a at a scrap place but you, you know you, with something like that you can't at this point you probably can't let it get into
2: anybody's hands you know no it's unfortunate they're so modified right we, we just can't be on the hook plus the you know the people who built them for us originally were like we don't want them out there either because we're on the hook too so right. it's a, a vicious circle but yeah no I, I hate to tell enthusiasts we cut a bunch of them up but on the flip side you know, we did sell the parts to a, a guy who in the netherlands of all places who yeah. sells duck parts so yep. yeah we recycled them in that manner so yeah.
3: so
0: you mentioned that you've got friends in this business like mm-hmm. do you guys have a convention where you show up
2: like a duck convention <laughs> where you hang out and tell good duck stories or <laughs> you know we, we've tried for years to have like a, a duck owners association it got off the ground a few times uh this year actually we had our first like organized duck owners meeting i I mean a really you know full tilt one yeah that was brought together by the passenger vessel association the pva and the american bus association the aba because you know for us to do it on our own it's i can send an email out or whatever and tell hey, craig come on down talk about ducks and you know but there's a lot of personalities involved so you'll see a guy and you know. You know, Hawaii, Saskatchewan, whatever, who says, this is how I do my fleet. Oh, you do it that way? Well, you're stupid. I'm not doing it your way. You know, yeah. there's a lot of personalities and infighting. Yep. And, you, know, you need to band together. Oh, and yeah. Each other. We're a very small group. We're an easy target, you know. Yep. And, you know, the the press loves you today and hates you tomorrow. So right. You, you need to band together. So. Thank I'll you. always love you guys. Well, thank you. You've always been very supportive. I, I don't know why, but I appreciate <laughs> it. Thank you. I, well, I, actually, the first time I realized
0: what, what you know what you did was we were we were um, we had that MG mm-hmm. that we were doing for. So I I edited Sports and Exotic Car Magazine for Hemmings, and uh, we had an MG that we got donated to us that we were going to then flip and uh, uh, sell for charity. We were taking bids on it. And so it was like, okay, we got this shell. We took it all apart. Uh, and I was like, I put out a call in the magazine like, hey, I need, I need to, you know, do some serious metal work on this thing. It needs to be, you know, media blasted. And Tony's like, I got a media blaster. I'll haul it down here. We'll put it on a trailer. We drove it all the way down to Boston. And I was down there for a day. It was like, this is... This is not going to work. This. <laughs> I felt so bad. I, I oh,
2: no, it was great. The didn't work. I told someone, no, it no, no, works. And I was like, it's- oh, yeah, it works. And he came down, and it's like, Pfft.
0: no, no, no. It, it. it wasn't that. It wasn't that <laughs> as, much, <laughs> as much as I had no idea what I was doing. And <laughs> it was like, this is going to take way more time than I could have imagined to do this. So we ended up, there was a guy in... Um, We were up in Vermont and there was a guy just over the border in Massachusetts that had a media blasting company. And he, you know, worked on fire trucks and all that kind of stuff. And he did it for us, which was it. it took him like 25 minutes.
3: Yeah,
0: (laughs) I I, felt so bad. Oh, no, no, no. It was great. It
2: drove four hours each way. I was like, geez, it it
0: was was worth it just to come see it, you know, (laughs) And, 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 you know, honestly, it was worth it to actually see what you guys did down there, because I really had no idea. I mean, I, I guess, you know, when I think about it, I had left Boston right when you guys were really starting to come on to what you were really doing. So you started getting some new trucks. Uh, you were still running World War II ducks at that time. Uh, so, you know, it, it was really interesting to see the shop and, and uh, you know, and see the scale of what you guys do now. How big is that shop?
2: It's got, uh, the whole lot is like twenty-seven thousand square feet. The shop's like twenty-two thousand. It's
0: crazy. It's yeah, big. yeah. There's not. There's really nothing
2: outside. It's a it, couple of parking no. spots. I, I no. can't imagine why it's so big. I mean, those <laughs> trucks aren't actually <laughs> compact
1: vehicles. No, they're big. It's, yeah,
2: you know, people love to come to our shop, and I, again, my partner Cindy. You know, Cindy is our CEO. She's a brilliant girl. She's ten times smarter than I'll ever be in terms of business and you know, nego- you know uh, public relations. Like I'm crappy at that. And she's always said, Hey, this guy wants to come to the shop. He's a big client, whatever. And it's like, why? Why do you want to come yeah. to the shop? It's a dirty old shop. Someone's gonna slip on grease on the floor, They're <laughs> trip or cut their leg on something. No, no, no. And she always goes, How about I'll have Jeff do it? You stay home. It's like yeah. <laughs> not some point. People love to come to the shop. And it, to me, it's like it's They just wanna the shop. see
0: they wanna see what's going on behind the scenes. They wanna see the know? magic. I know. Yep. They hey, you I, know, they wanna see one of those things apart. Yeah. We and and, and kinda to how they work. The curtain. I'm it's, flattered, but to yep. me, it's
2: like, it's a garage. What do you see? I mean, whatever. Knock yep. yourself out. It just
0: come and bother you, you know? the old guy.
2: I can turn on the charm. <laughs> you know, I mean, look how great I'm doing today. I haven't yeah. swung once. Well, not really. And, no, you haven't swung <laughs> no, once. No, really. really. I mean, yeah. i no, it's, good. Hard. it's no. And, and you look love. great on the radio, too, Thank you. Way. i <laughs> fantastic. You know, I put the shirt on. This it's a brand new shirt. <laughs> I said to my wife, does the shirt look okay? Meaning, am I too fat in the shirt? <laughs> she said, you're going to look great on the radio, honey. I was like, that's not what I mean. <laughs> I was gonna wear that one, the Lands End shirt. I was like, "You're yeah. gonna see it, Craig." going tell me I'm trying too hard. So, so you you're up in what Wakefield? I'm in Wakefield.
0: What's yeah. that commute like on a daily uh, basis down here?
2: It's 16 miles, so yeah. it's it's hit or miss. I mean, you come in early. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I try to leave the house by 5:30, so I get there yeah. around. Six. I might have to be there till seven, but I just want to get there early. I mean, honestly, I am not in Dorchester as much as I used to be. I, uh, you know, I I'm 53 now. I've been there be 24 years in, in February, so I'm trying to. Weed myself out little by little. I mean, right. you know, I still need a salary, of course, and health right. insurance all that crap. And I still have kids in high school. But, you know, so I, my partners years ago, I was looking at a gas station at Wakefield. And they were like, you should buy it. You should, you know, do duck stuff out of there, rebuild stuff, and weld stuff. And I was like, really? You'll support that? And they said, yeah, of course. So I bought a small place in North Reading last year. Oh, no way. I didn't know this. It's a small little shop right across from Kitty's. <laughs> across from kitties out my window i look at kitties every day that's
0: fantastic that's so that's kind of where i grew up i grew uh, up in wilmington yeah yeah yeah, so that was like that was going out to eat for us you know that was (laughs) was as good as it got
2: (laughs) so i'm right across from kitties i go there every day except wednesday wednesday i go to dorchester um and i just you know we have our weekly meeting me and my partners and uh i'll just see the guys again i you know jeff and jay run the shop and they they know what they're doing and you know, we talk all the time, probably far more than they want to talk to me. Yeah. You know, text them all the time. What's going on? What's up with this doc? What's going on? You know, and they go, I'm trying to fix something. Will you stop texting me? It's like, well, I can call you if you'd prefer that. Like, no, yeah. no, no. I don't want to hear your voice. So, you know, so I'm still That's great, involved man. in the company. I'm just trying to, you know, dial it back yep. a little. And-
0: well, so we're going to take a quick break here. I'm going to hang around for a little bit. we got about 15 minutes left in the show. So if you got any questions, give us a call. 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. Don't
2: make them
4: I saved my pennies and I saved my dimes. Giddy up, giddy up, four eyes. For I knew.
0: Saturday morning, right?
2: Well, I live Kentucky back in That the is great stuff. On One
0: piece at a time.
1: I, I, I just hit a button wheels. whatever place
0: <laughs> play, <right>? <laughs> Some <laughs> random car music that we have. Uh, uh, my name is Craig Fitzgerald. I'm the editor at bestride.com. You can check us out online. And I am filling in for John Paul uh celebrity and uh car doctor so uh if you want to give us a call here or it's six one seven 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 oh three oh three oh my guest is Tony cerulli from Boston Duck Tours and I think uh I think we've got a call on the line here, don't we? Ooh. Let's see.
4: This is Rich. Rich, where are you from? Hi Rich. Uh, <laughs> I'm you're rich. Rich. <laughs> I'm rich. I gotta think about this <laughs> bad money. <laughs> I'm calling from West Bridgewater. Oh beautiful. Yeah well it's gotta get better. Let's put it Yeah. Around. yeah exactly. <laughs> This is, I'm a regular John Paul listener, but it's nice to hear from you guys this morning. Well, thank You did, did a great job and very interesting.
0: Excellent. Uh, and, what can I do for you?
4: Well, actually, probably not much. I just wanted to say I, I wanted to reinforce what you guys were talking about with the old cars. Uh, because I'm older and I did have the same ones that you did, yep. and uh, I still have a couple of them, as a matter of fact uh 69 mark one that i bought new ooh, ooh. and uh 77 cutlass 442 that i still have nice. Too. very nice nice uh, and they've been great cars but they, they sure have your so right they've come so far because i have a um, uh, 2018 and uh, and it's an suv but in many cases it's a better driver than the old cars were sure
0: hmm. sure that's yep. 77 cutlass that's that is one of my favorite cars I I loved the Colonnade style uh, a bodies I thought they were so cool and you know the the I think for many years, they were kind of dismissed. They, you know, nobody was really making any parts for them. They were cheap. Um, and now they're really starting to come along. So g- give me a little background on that car. That's a, is your car a 400? Is that right?
4: Uh, well, I bought it, new. it was 5200 bucks new. Wow. Imagine that. And uh, what I did was I bought a Cutlass S, which was kind of a fastback style. Yep. Uh, and I didn't like the graphics for the 442, so I bought all the, the uh, parts that the 442 had the FE2 and yep. so, uh, with a 403. Nice.
0: Okay. Uh, so and, you basically ordered that up the
4: yeah. way you wanted it, yeah? Yeah. Because uh, I, I pulled a fairly large boat, 7,000 pounds. And so mm-hmm. I set it up with a heavy duty you know, suspension trail package Amazing. and all this stuff. And it still pulls it. That's great. Yeah, so it's it's it still sits here. I think it was it's my favorite car. Hundred forty thousand, it doesn't drop of oil. Front end's never been lined up on it. Um, It's it's still like new. What color is it? It's
3: black. Oh, beautiful!
4: Yeah.
0: So, so my my wife had a uh, a 70. I think she had a 76 Cutlass when she was in high school, and then uh, drove that 86 442 that she had for a while, and that you know she drove that to law school and drove the wheels off, and it had like 400,000 <laughs> miles on it by the time she got rid of it. And I ended up buying her a 73 Cutlass down at the Carlisle swap meet, and just on a whim bought it and drove it home and that car was it was so nice to drive it was fantastic i just loved it so you got a good one and i'm, I'm glad you actually do something with it too that's great it still pulls that boat
4: well yeah, yeah i'm no complaints. it's been cheap to run um you know nothing i have very very minor stuff yeah. front brakes and that's about it
0: did you drive it in the winter
4: no no right I, I did it was a family car but uh once i got another car to replace it i i I don't, I, dry, I just put it away for the winter last week, as a matter right, of
0: fact. Right, right. Yeah, they're, um, they're, uh, they're, I mean, that was the only issue with those cars was, you know, rust-wise, they, they just didn't hold up, but, I mean, nothing did at that time.
2: How about no. the Rock 1? you tell me about that? It's a, what, uh, Yeah,
4: I bought that new, too. Nice. Um, that was a uh, dark black jade green, uh, black interior four-speed traction rock, and the 351 four-barrel. Nice. Uh, that's got 94000 on it. And uh, I just took that out last weekend before I put it away, too. Yep. It's a fun driver. Um, the mistakes I made when I was young, I did not buy power steering. Oh, really? Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> who needed it when you are 35?
0: No, you need it now, though, right?
4: <laughs> oh, do I ever? Uh, <laughs> I can't power a back anymore. Let me put it that way. Yeah, right. <laughs> right.
2: tasting cars, Rich. I'll tell you that. <laughs>
4: Yeah, definitely. Oh,
3: I mean, it, you know, we're
0: we're we're all ears on that stuff because you know, and, and you know, it's amazing. I I like the idea that in that time, at that time, you could buy a car exactly the way you wanted it. You could order it up in like these kind of one of one, you know, ways where you know you were the only guy who bought a Cuda with a you know with a mod top, and <laughs> uh, you know, in a four speed, in a three speed on the column, you know, yeah, it's yep. it, and you could yeah. do that at that time, and and oh, that's wonderful. That's something that's completely gone now. Even in the trucks, which you used to be able to order up you know, kind of the way you wanted, that's, that's kind of gone to packages and trim levels now. So
4: oh, yeah. yeah, it's yeah really those days are gone. They won't come back, I don't think. Uh, that, it was wonderful, the auto sheet. Uh, it was just fantastic what you could buy. But yeah. It, I, again, days gone by. Mm. But uh, they're just reminiscent. It sounds so good to hear you talking about them. And I'll, one last comment I won't keep you. Sure. I did have a Fiero. Uh, uh-huh. one, of, one, of the, one of the last ones uh, 88 GT and you were so right I kept it for 12 years I never had a thing wrong with it it was a great little car
0: yeah they got it right you know and, and again in typical GM fashion you know it was like yeah we'll just get you know we'll fix everything and then we'll kill yeah. the line off you know so <laughs> well Rich it was great to talk to you good luck with those cars and, uh, and thanks for calling in
4: listen thanks for your help I appreciate a great show great <laughs> okay have a good weekend alright
0: you too Well, my name is Craig Fitzgerald. I am uh, the editor at BestRide.com, and I am uh, hanging out here, uh, filling in for John Paul. And we've also got uh, Paul Sullivan, uh, who's getting ready to take over the show here,
5: right? Hi, Craig. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. What do you got going on on the show today? I I don't know. I just come in here and have a vast but uh, not overly ostentatious library across the hall there and try to put a couple of... Nice sound and Irish songs back-to-back, and we do that for, well, we've done it for how many years now, 51?
2: Wow, that's fantastic. Not me. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm right. Only,
5: I'm only 51 myself, but uh, no. So I was
2: curious, <laughs> <about now>. by, <laughs> by Irish music, you're not talking about uh, U2 or Thin Lizzy, sure, right? Yeah. It's, oh, yeah? Yeah, we, yeah, we meld, them, we oh, meld cool. them
5: all in. Um, nice. Trying to, to get every taste that we can. Kind of eclectic, yeah, but it seems to work okay. That's yeah. great. You guys sound great. By oh, way. thank I was you. listening thank on the way you. in. Thank nice you. I appreciate thank that. You.
3: So, so
0: uh, a lot of live music going around. Still, you still go out and see a lot of live Irish music around town.
5: Uh, you know, there. It's funny. Um, <laughs> back in the day, say I started a week before I got married in nineteen eighty-two. So I've been wow. here a couple of days. Yeah. But, and around that time when I started, we were worried because the demographics were pushing our listenership up to the high end. Yeah. And people would die. Yeah. In, in in you know simplest terms. Yeah. But uh, this phenomenon happened that I never expected when I was younger. That what happens is as as Irish Americans get a little bit older, they get a little bit more concerned and curious about where they came about from. About their heritage, family, yeah, absolutely. And so we gain listeners actually on the younger end. Yes. When I say younger, I'm talking now about 40 to 45. Right. Where you know we thought the audience would just die off. It's a kind of a it's kind of a phenomenon that I did not expect. Yeah, it's and like so, this yeah. self-perpetuating thing, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's great. It's funny, people, um, you know, now that you can fly to Ireland for about 50 bucks, people get over there. And, yep. you know, they they go home again for the first time, as it were. Yep. And uh, it kind of... Instills their traditions and and reactivates them, and it's it's kind of cool to see.
0: And see? this is a, this is a, obviously you know this is an Irish city too you know and 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 a good you know good live music city too. Even, there's still even plenty still, of venues around yeah there's, around been, and, yeah. there's yeah.
5: transformations but yeah even yep. still. Um,
0: I have noticed is. that, like Irish music, especially out in the suburbs, you know, you'll you'll find it. You know, there's tons of places around where you can uh, you Some can of really it's enjoy even it. Good. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, you know, speaking of that, my band's playing tonight, and we're
5: we're out in Worcester. We are not good, but <laughs> 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 I can ask you, Craig. Anyone that is that has the courage to get up and perform. Is good in my book. Oh, that's Um, great! That's great. Really, what 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 do you do? Uh, We have a we have a garage rock band uh, called
0: the Sonomatics, and we're playing out at. Uh, beatniks out in Worcester tonight which is again great music town do you do any U2 uh, no we do like we do a lot of like 60s uh instrumentals Mm -hmm. like surf music we do a lot of like uh I don't know if you know the sonics and and uh the whalers and that kind of
5: stuff Clint Campbell your hero yeah 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 Yeah. oh man people don't don't know they don't know what he did yeah he's amazing he play, played on everything right he was on the Beach Boys stuff he did the, yep. the Tequila the, the Champs you know, yes that, yeah. that's yeah. exactly
0: right and he, so one of his earliest songs is one of my favorite songs it was an instrumental that he did uh, in a band called the GC's that's mm-hmm. like unheard of but it's fantastic what was the so. name of that crew he had a whole group of people that did a lot of backup on the, the Wrecking Crew the Wrecking Crew yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean the best musicians in the country mm-hmm. were on everything like yep. whoever your favorite band is from the 60's in California they were that, that was the band they were playing on all of it so hey dennis craig and i could talk
5: like this uh, no oh, oh, really? sure. yeah. what's <laughs> yeah. the timing how are we doing that's my that's my other passion exactly <laughs> <so>, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so where? no give yourself a plug but where are you in worcester tonight uh so yeah we're at
0: uh beatniks on park ave in worcester we're on at nine we're playing with uh with three other bands um the pathetics uh the stigmatics and evil felipe which are a group of 16 year old girls that are just tremendous like future of rock and roll Awesome. That, that's amazing.
5: Yep. Um, well, you know, I, anyone who's on the air playing music is a frustrated musician. Yeah. You know yeah, that, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. So that, that's what I am. Yep. Dennis also. Yeah, exactly. I bow and genuflect to you. I wish you. <laughs> oh, right. I appreciate that. Give Thank yourself you. one more plug. You All right, Peace right.
0: Automatics. We're at uh, Beatnik's in Worcester tonight on Park Ave. How'd you like doing John's show?
5: Oh, it's great. Yeah. I love John.
0: John and I have known each other for a long time, and it's it's really fun to come He in. sells himself short all the time. Oh, but it's just, he's, he's got the it's hardest
5: great. working man in this business. Yeah. it's unbelievable. Yep. Not only that, I saw him tweet. He was dressed up out in Worcester the other day and uh, giving awards out. It was yep. great. Yep. He, he's a killer. I love that guy. Yeah. Yep. yep. So well, so You're, you're a natural for radio. You can come and uh, join me on my show anytime. Oh, you a thank deal. you. Cote Blanche, an open uh, invitation.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. That is great. Now I really
5: appreciate that. And, nice to, and nice Tony, to see you, too. I, yeah, good to he see you. He talks a lot about you, so I've heard the name. Oh, and, good. Uh, so I was looking forward That's to seeing you. That's great. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I don't have any phones. We got some
0: music coming in here. Tony, thanks a lot for coming in. Really appreciate you killing an hour and a half with me.
2: My pleasure. I I wouldn't want to be anywhere else with you on a rainy Saturday morning, correct?
0: And thanks, Dennis, and thanks, John, for having me fill in. We will see you the next time.
2: Have a good one. Bye now.